America's healthcare advocate, Carrie Hall. Hello, America. Welcome to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HIA radio network. My producer today, Mr. Darren Wilhite. I'm your host, Carrie Hall. This is your show, America. Thank you for joining us and making this one of the most listened to talk shows throughout the United States. By the way, we have a brand new affiliate in Florida, WBGS, 1610 AM. We want to thank them for coming on board on Largo, Florida. I want to thank Mr. Al Christopher. Um, he is the manager at the station there, and we're very happy to be on board with the good folks at WBGS, 1610 AM in Largo, Florida. Welcome to the America's Healthcare Advocate family. Also, we're on 14 podcast platforms now and on YouTube as well. So I think the last numbers Dave supplied me with on our podcast platform show, we've had about 58,000 downloads of the podcast. I mean, people in Turkey are watching this, which is kind of interesting. Um, and our YouTube numbers are somewhere around 257,000 of you are going up on YouTube to view the broadcast. So in addition to all the radio stations across the country, the AM and FM stations that we've been on for years and new ones we're bringing on, podcast and YouTube's become a whole big new thing. So we thank all of you and appreciate your watching and listening to America's Healthcare Advocate. If you are chronologically challenged and you're looking for Medicare, you can always call the lovely Joyce Thompson or Carol Lee Steele at Benefits by Design, RPS Benefits by Design. And that number is 877-385-2224. That's 877-385-2224. Look, anywhere in the country, I don't care where you're at, they can help you. Find a plan that's going to fit your needs and fit your budget. And as we get closer to open enrollment, keep in mind, you want to give those folks a call and have them take a look at what you're doing now and see if there's something better out there that might make more sense. And if you're an employer and you're looking for employer-sponsored health care, maybe you're not happy with what you've got, give Marie Allers a call at RPS Benefits by Design. She's at 877-385-2224 as well, and she will be happy to help you and show you options you may not know about. All right, joining me in studio, it's been a while. It's been when, a long when, while. When was the last time you and I saw each other before we had dinner last night? A year and she, a half ago? At least a year and a half ago. Terry Mondi. Terry's been in the insurance industry, healthcare industry, for about 34 years. You wouldn't know it by looking at her, but that's the truth. Um, and she and I have worked together for probably 15 years, something like that. Uh, she's one, that. Yep, she's, she is the one that introduced me to uh, self-funded and taught me a lot about self-funded programs. That We took that, and when I had benefits by design, we had a lot of self-funded clients, and a lot of that had to do with Terry that we had brought on board. Um, she, she, she runs a TPA. Um, she's very good at what she does. We're going to have a fascinating show today because we're going to talk about Health insurance and health care and how those two are interrelated. And you're going to learn some things today. Okay, You're going to learn where's the money going. You know, they always say follow the money. We're going to help you follow the money. And we're going to have that discussion about national health care and how it works. And why is it the Europeans spend less on health care than we do? We're going to talk about all those things today with this national expert, Terry Raimondi, here in studio with me. So let's just dive in a little bit, Terry. You've been at this for 34 years. Um, on the TPA side, on the healthcare side, you've seen a lot of change in the industry. What, what, you know, you, you, I think we're seeing more change now than we've ever seen, where employers are moving away from a lot of the buca plans, if you will, okay, and looking at other alternatives. And what do you attribute that to? The cost of healthcare increasing exponentially year over year. So. Um, with the Buka, Buka plans, they have a canned plan, and the prices are set, and they really can't afford it anymore. So they're looking for 
alternatives to keep their employees in a great health plan and actually keep their employees because healthcare is so important. So basically, when, if you're wondering what that acronym BUCA stands for, it's Blue Cross United, um, uh, Cigna, uh, and Aetna. Those are the Humana. four. Yeah, but Humana. Humana's but out Humana's of the out of the market on groups, so, <laughs> so we don't count them. So it's going to be BUCA, B-U-C-A. Yeah. Anyway, so those are the plans. And they're structured basically by the federal government because after ACA, they basically lay down the parameters for what the health insurance carriers could do how much money they could make, what they the whole nine yards. And so it flipped the switch in terms of how things are working or not working. Right. And and that's another huge contr- you know, contributor to the fact that every year, especially if you're a small employer, you know, hundred lives or less, or even if you're five hundred lives in a lot of cases, you're seeing these costs continue to rise. And there's no containment. And and this continues to go on year after year after year. And the question, you know, it's, I, I remember when you and I would go to Pareto, the Pareto conferences, which is one of the first big captives in the country that offered self-funded plans. And I remember that 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 uh, Kavanaugh and Clayton, the two guys that started the thing, would get up and they would show the charts, and they would talk about if you're if you're in the building business or you're in the manufacturing business or whatever business you're in your supplier continued to increase you 10% every year or more and that in today's world that's a small number would you look for other alternatives or yeah, try to get find- a new supplier right you Correct. get a new supplier yeah the problem in the health insurance industry is <clears throat> you can't keep going from plan to plan to plan because nothing really changes Right. You can jump from carrier to carrier and you may get a rate reduction for one year, but then it's going to catch up with you the next year. And it catches up because of the costs increasing. Right. And, and the claims no con- experience. And the claims experience increasing. You can't manage what you can't measure and there you don't get your experience. So you don't know what's driving your cost. So most employers under 500 lives don't get a lot of their claims experience. So they don't know what's driving their cost. So let's go back to that comment because you used to you used to talk about this when we would you and I would do presentations together to employers to talk about how they should move off of some of the plans they were on into the self funded mode. You can't manage what you can't measure. What does that mean? It means if you don't know what's driving your cost, is it diabetes? Is it heart disease? Is it prescription drugs? You can't make any changes in your plan to control those costs, or maybe help your employees get healthier. So. They're not spending a lot of money on diabetics. They're not in the hospital having heart attacks. If you don't have that data, there's nothing you can do. You can't help them in any way. And unfortunately, especially for employers 100 lives and below, they don't get access to that data, right? They don't. Some carriers will, if they do get any data, it's really old, other than in Texas. Texas does is the one state in the country where it's mandated that they have to get their experience three times a year, no matter what the size of the group. It's HB. I don't know the exact name of the law, but they do get their experience in Texas. Now, that's fascinating. I didn't know that. So in Texas, they, they are required, the carriers are required to give them that data three yeah, times, three a, times year. a year. And that data is the claims data. It is the claims okay, data. So why is that valuable? Okay. We just talked about you know, diabetes, but what can you, so I've got the data. Now, what am I going to do with it? Well, the premium, if you're looking at your claims experience, you can compare that against the premium you're paying to the carrier. If that number's below... the carrier is making money off of you, right? So it gives you negotiation power. That's one. Um, And again, with the employees, you need to know where they're going, what providers they're going to, because if they're more expensive providers, you can maybe steer them away from those providers and make plan designs to steer them to low-cost, high-quality providers. So in in other words, 
you're managing the care and therefore managing the cost. Correct. So I think a lot of people hear that, Terry, and they go, okay, yeah, what you're talking about is giving us cut rate care. You're not talking about giving us the kind of care that we want. And you're shaking your head, no, explain. That is not how this works. No, most high quality <clears throat> providers for the most part are lower cost of care, not higher cost of care. And that's kind of hard, I think, for people to understand. Yeah, most people don't believe it. Yeah, so. they don't. But but and, but we're going to talk about that, okay? In the next segment, we're going to get into that. And we're going to talk about that. So you'll, you'll give folks a chance. Because the next segment, we're going to talk about... So we're talking about the carriers right now. But in the next segment, we're going to switch. And we're going to talk about the hospitals. And I think you're going to find that extremely interesting. And we're going to talk about pharmaceuticals as well. So the you know the alternatives are out there. But employers, I think a lot of times, just don't know where to look. And if the broker is not motivated to bring them, you're smiling, okay, because there are a lot of lazy brokers out there. If the broker's not, she's zipping her lips. Look at this. It, it, there are a lot of lazy brokers. If the broker's not motivated to show them alternatives, they stay in the same I, mode. Right. I would say maybe it's not lazy. Maybe it's uneducated. Because okay. doing a partially self-funded health plan um, you know, some people don't understand it and they, they hear the word self-funded and they believe that that there's going to be no limit in in what they are going to have to spend. And that's not true because there's coverages that you can purchase to protect yourself. So you can have a plan that looks just like a fully insured plan, but you're getting all your data and you're managing your cost and you keep everything that you don't spend. And that's the important part. And, and that's that's the message we're kind of trying to get out here today, is there is a better way to do this if you want to take the time to learn about it and do it. When we come back to the break, we're going to talk about the hospitals. You're going to find this one extremely interesting um, because there's a lot more involved in here when I said follow the money than the health insurance carriers. So we come back to the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast across the USA. We come back, we've got a lot more to talk about. Stay tuned. The Golden Rule. Treat others as you want to be treated. I'm Steve Keeker, and this is one of the founding principles of my firm, Senior Care Consulting. Since 2002, our value statement has included, honor our mother and father, respect our elders, care for those in need, and treat your family as our own. We've been honored to help hundreds of families make one of the most difficult decisions they could ever make, serving them in their greatest time of need. If you're looking for someone who can provide you experienced and objective guidance when searching for a senior care community, reach out today and discover the services of Senior Care Consulting at 913-945-2800. 913-945-2800. Know your options and choose with care at SeniorCareConsulting.com. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA here on the HI Radio Network. You can find out more about us by going to the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. If you have a question or a comment, I had a lady the other day reach out to me. Um, she was going to be on Cobra. It was ridiculously priced. She needed help. I got her some help and got her on an ACA plan because 
she was able to make that move even without open enrollment. It was a qualifying event. If you need help with something like that or it's a medical issue, please reach out to me through the website, americashealthcareadvocate.com. If you want to reach out to Terry, um, I'm going to I'm going to give this over the air. So if you got a pencil, you might want to write it down. It's Terry, T-E-R-R-I, Ramondi, R-A-I-M-O-N-D-I, Terry Ramondi at M-E.com. I'll do it one more time. T-E-R-R-I-R-A-R-A-I-M-O-N-D-I at me.com. That's her email address. You, If you have a, maybe you just want to talk to her about how does this work? How do you do this? She'd be happy to chat with you. Send her an email. She'll be delighted to connect with you and see if she can help. If you're a broker, okay, you want to go to school, learn how to do this, this lady can teach you. She taught me. She can teach you. Okay, if you're an employer, she's laughing, but she did. Okay, and she can do the same thing. All right, so I kind of teased this going out. So now let's talk about the help at the hospital system. So you, this is interesting because I'm going to go back to Obamacare ACA. When everybody was throwing rocks at the insurance carriers, they were the bad guys, okay? Mm-hmm. Nobody said a word about the hospitals. Now we get into this discussion about national health care, which is still out there, and it's on the agenda of the progressive liberal wing of this country. That's what they want. That's what they're pushing for, because it's going to give us a better health care system, like the Europeans have. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um but but when you when you look at that model and 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 we start talking about national health care and we start talking about cost, we need to look at what is it what where's the money going? Where is the money in the city? Well, we know some of it goes to the health insurance carriers, a fairly small amount when you look at the whole pie. But let's talk about the hospital systems. You made a very interesting comment before we got in studio today, and you said there are no MSRPs. Like you see on your car when you go buy a car, there's no MSRP on healthcare. Explain that. So every hospital has a charge master. So if you need your gallbladder out, they can charge whatever they want. I mean, they have something called a charge master, um, and there's no set price for anything. Each hospital sets their starting price. I'm going to call it a starting price um, for everything they do in that hospital, and it's called a charge master. The carriers negotiate a percentage discount off that charge master. Um, And they all have loss leaders. So one carrier might say, I'll take a higher price on a gallbladder if you'll give me a lower price on a heart surgery. Um, So that is how everything um, was done. I will say it may be changing with the transparency laws. Each hospital has to post their prices. Well, they have to, but then hospitals like Barnes-Jewish and St. Louis are fighting tooth and nail not to, I don't even know if they're still doing it. If that information is being posted, they don't want that information out in the public marketplace because people who are willing to take the time, well, what is the cost of hip replacement at this hospital versus this hospital? We'll give you some examples here in a minute, but that's the purpose of the transparency law that we, we don't have a lot of compliance with, I don't think. And I don't see any particular enforcement of that either. The government is trying to enforce it. I will say all the hospitals were required to do was post machine-readable files. So you or I wouldn't be able to decipher the machine-readable files. As of January of next year, your carrier has to give you those prices. So all, Okay, now that's a big deal. So all those machine-readable files will be digested. But the thing that's happening with machine-readable files is hospitals are hiring consultants to take all those machine-readable files and then go renegotiate their contracts. So if they see Aetna's getting better than Blue Cross, 
on a gallbladder, they want that higher price. So instead of lowering the cost of health care, that could increase the cost of health care. So let's talk about the base. There's a base, and it's set by CMS, and that's Medicare. So let's talk about how Medicare does that. And then let's talk about what's that look like when it goes out to the general public, and it's not Medicare. So now it's the carrier that's negotiating, and, and what does that price structure look like from Medicare? So start with Medicare. So Medicare rates are determined, again, by CMS. Each year, a hospital CFO has to attest to the cost. I'm going to use a gallbladder. How much it costs them to do a gallbladder? Down to their electric bill. They establish that price. They send that to CMS, and then the Medicare rate is determined. That is By CMS? By CMS, yes. The Medicare rate is determined by CMS. In contrast... A normal employer pays about 300% of Medicare. Well, how can that be? How does a normal employer pay 300%? How do they pay it? Because that's what's negotiated. That's what's negotiated with the charge master with each of the carriers. So in other words, the carrier winds up having to pay the 300% or whatever they negotiate, 250, whatever the case may be. And that is then passed on to the employer. Correct. So now if we connect the dots, we have... We have Medicare reimbursing with, and we didn't talk about Medicaid, but Medicaid is even below Medicare. Yeah, I'm not a Medicaid expert. I can no. tell you how Medicare works, but not Medicaid. Yeah, but Medicaid is actually below CMS. It's okay. basically at cost. CMS is at whatever percentage over and above the charge master they allow, which is basically what? CMS, I'm not Medicare. sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what the percentage is, you know, above their cost that they, that but CMS they allow the allows. hospitals to have a profit in there. Yes, profit is built in. A small profit is yeah, built so in. So they're that allowed a small profit. But it ain't 300%. No, it's not 300%. Okay, no, so no, no, let's no. get to Employers the 300%. Employers make it up for the hospitals. Okay. Employers make up the difference. Okay, that, repeat that again. Employers make up the difference. So now let's connect the dots. Okay, when you have this discussion about national health care, we're going to talk more about this in the next segment as well. But when you have this discussion about national health care, you better understand something. That three-legged stool, which is Medicare, Medicaid, and um, private health insurance, private health insurance is holding up the other two legs of that stool. Am I right or wrong? You're 100% correct. Okay. And that's being passed on to who? The consumer. Correct. Okay. Correct. So when, when you... when Because uh, deductibles and out-of-pockets have all gone up. Okay. Th- that's it. Okay, so when you wonder why, let's go back to the health insurance discussion. When you wonder why your premium is going up, there are two factors. One is obviously the health insurance carrier raising their prices based on whatever, okay? But that's controlled now by the government under ACA, okay? The second piece is the hospitals. And the bigger piece of the pie is the hospitals. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. Hospitals so, drive probably 80% of the cost of an employer health plan. Run that by me one more time. It's about 80% of the cost. Okay. There, there, there is the part that nobody talks about. And for some reason, uh, there's no discussion of this. Okay. And I, and I never really quite understood why, which is why I asked Terry to come in here today and have this discussion. Okay. Uh, there, is, therein lies the largest part of our problem. When you talk about our system, okay, versus the European system, 
We always hear this, well, the European system is so much less money than the American system. Why is that? Why are we wasting so much money on healthcare? Well, when we come back from the break, we're going to explain that. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about prescription drugs, too. This is going to be very enlightening in terms of when you understand what we're paying here versus Europeans and why it is what it is. Stay tuned. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network. Coast to coast across the USA. We've got more. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the USA. My producer, Mr. Darren Wilhite, he is the man behind the microphones doing all the audio. And my producer behind the camera is Dave Thiessen, who puts all this stuff together and gets it up on all 14 of those podcast platforms and YouTube. So once again, all these shows are posted up there on all the podcast platforms, Apple, SoundCloud, uh, Amazon, you name it, we're on it, okay? So those are the podcast platforms you can view this because we videotape all of these, obviously. And obviously, if you want to listen to it again on the radio, you can do that as well as we broadcast across the country here on the HIA radio network. All right, so now we're going to change gears here for a minute. And we're going to talk, not a minute, for this whole segment. And we're going to talk about this issue we constantly hear about how the European healthcare system is is so much more efficient and lower costs than ours. Well, we'll, we probably have to save that efficiency part for another day because that's a whole new discussion, okay, about how it takes six months to get in to see a doctor Mm -hmm. if you've got a diagnosis of cancer or need an MRI in the UK or in France or Germany or some of these other, some of these other countries. And then they control what you can and cannot do. You don't get, so I don't like this doctor. I don't like this specialist. Well, they, you're going to go where they tell you to go because that's the way it works, all right? We have a different system, but there are huge inefficiencies in this system, and we just talked about part of the reason. 80% of the cost increases that people see in their premiums every year come from the cost that hospitals charge in terms of the way they do what they do in terms of the, of the charge master. So let me give you an example of that. If you want to take it, you want to really understand that if you're going to get a hip replacement or you're going to have an ortho surgery, ask what it's going to cost. Ask the question, okay? And then go up online and look up a hospital called the Oklahoma Surgical Center. Familiar with it, Terry? I am familiar yeah. with them. Every procedure they have is posted. So I'm going to just, and I'm not quoting a number, I'm just giving you an example. So if you have 154,000 hip replacement at, at a hospital, in one of the major hospitals in your metropolitan area, and you take a look at Oklahoma Surgical Center, my guess is it's about 54,000 there. I think it might even be as low as 44,000. The point I'm making is that's what's called total transparency. Correct. Which is not what you see in the marketplace today. Remember what Terry said, there is no MSRP in the healthcare system. So let's do some contrasting. Let's talk about two very popular drugs right now, uh, Wagovi, okay, and Ozempic. Ozempic. Ozempic, thank you. Like Olympic, but Ozempic, okay. So let's talk oh, about- You could probably see in the commercial. Yeah, okay, so let's talk about the cost here that's being charged by the, by, the, by, the, by the manufacturers, through the PBMs, the pharmacy benefit managers. Mm-hmm. So Wagovi is how much prescription? Probably about between 1300 and 1500 Wagovi, Wagovi, you could say it either way. It's um, for individual pens. Is that and for a year? No, that's for 13, a month. Oh, that's for a month. So it's 1300 to 1500 for a month. Mm-hmm. For this weight loss drug, mm-hmm. and let's talk about Ozempic now. It's probably about nine fifty a month, but Ozempic is not approved for weight loss. But it's used. It is used. Wegovy is right. Same 
active ingredient, but yes. So so what is happening is a lot of doctors, that, that is actually a heart drug, is it not? No, it's a diabetic drug. Diabetic drug, that's what I knew it was. Had, yeah, the primary function of that drug was diabetes, but they found that it works the same way as Wagovi, and so it's become extremely popular. And a lot of times people get prescribed these drugs, they go to the pharmacy, they can't get them because they're flying off the shelf so fast because it's become the new thing. That or a lot of employers have blocked them. So these two new drugs are, it's what everyone is talking about. So um, because they've been used so much and they've been successful, a lot of employers have seen such a big spike in their costs that they've just decided to put a lot of restrictions on people obtaining them. So a lot of times people are having success with one of these drugs and they go in to get the refill and they can't get it anymore because the employers just cut it off. Well, they could always have bariatric surgery. Area. They could. And what's the cost of bariatric surgery? Probably about forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand. Okay. So, so you, do you, do you see this as a microcosm of what's going on here? Okay, um, you, you, the, the employer reacts a knee jerk reaction to get rid of this because it's costing them money. Um, the person, let's say, the person is morbidly obese and they're five foot nine and they're three hundred and twenty pounds. Okay, and so now they're going to have ortho surgeries because they're wearing their joints out. They've got to have hip replacement, knee replacements. Um, they're, you know, they're diabetic. Clearly, they're going to be type one diabetic or type two, without a doubt. Okay, and when mostly you look type at, two. I mean, Ozempic is for type two diabetes. Right. So, so th- th- that's part of the problem here. Okay. So, so when you cut that off, the alternative, the only alternative that they have to to radically change where they're at, okay, is to go get bariatric surgery which is forty or $50,000 or more, depending on the hospital you haven't done at, okay? So that's part of the problem we have. There's no connectivity in this system to get people to do things that are going to help them, maybe use this medication, whatever the case may be. But let's talk about now those same two drugs, and I want to go buy it in France or Australia. I gave you the numbers. I don't remember remember what they are. I think one was $87 and the other one was... 90? That's correct. So somewhere between between 80 and $90. So instead of paying 1349 that we pay here in the United States for Wagovi or 936 or 939 that we pay for Ozempic, they're paying between 80 and $90. It's the same drug, folks. So is that a classic example of part of the problem we have here? It is. We pay for research and development. We pay for all the ads that are on television. I mean, personal opinion prescriptions shouldn't be advertised on television because people go to their doctor and say, I have this condition. I that's want how, this, how, that's, a, that's how this whole weight loss thing started, Terry. They started that's... putting a stuff on television and people immediately start going to the doctor. I want this. And the doctor's like, okay, well, if you meet the criteria, I'm going to prescribe it. And then, and then we come full circle to where we're at on the healthcare side. And so now we've got the hospitals with lack of transparency. We've got the PBM selling this stuff at a number that there's money being made here. Okay, and yeah, PBMs it, would have to be a whole show. Yeah, and I have some good people I could bring in to talk yeah, about it. That, that, that's a pharmacy benefit manager, but they're like the middleman here. So mm-hmm. th- when you pull all of that together, that's the reason why our healthcare costs are where they are. Yeah, pharmacy costs have increased year over year. It could be anywhere between twenty to thirty percent of an employer's cost, depending on the mix of of what their employees are taking. Where when I started in this industry. Um, it was maybe 5%, maybe less. I mean, there wasn't even prescription drug cards when I started, but I'm old. 
So you're not old, okay? But 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 your your point is well made. So now we've kind of described the problem to you. It's a three part problem, okay? It's a problem with the with the insurance carriers and 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 what they charge, okay? There's a margin there, okay, which is controlled by the government now, okay? It's a bigger problem, a much bigger problem with the hospitals and what they're charging, which there's some transparency, but not a lot. And they have fought this thing tooth and nail in terms of the transparency side. And then the subscription drug side. So how do you put all that together and put it in a, recreate a health plan that's going to work? And I know you know how to do it because you've created one and you won an award for this called the Heartfelt Health Plan. I've looked at it. I've reviewed it. It's really quite remarkable. Talk about Heartfelt. So... As an employer, we're, we have about 100 lives. Our costs were increasing just like everyone else, even though we were, we were in this industry. Um, so we decided to take a hard look at what we were doing um, and make some radical changes to our health plan. So what we did is we implemented a reference-based pricing health plan. And what that means is we do not have a PPO network. We pay all of our claims um, between 125 and 150% of Medicare. But wait a minute, and the carriers are paying 300% of Medicare. Yes. So you've dropped that in half. Correct. Okay. Correct. Now, there could be some problems with that because providers don't always want to accept 150% of Medicare. Um, but we're a self-funded health plan. And the first rule of ERISA, which governs self-funded health plans, is you have to pay a fair and reasonable value for health care. Medicare is the number one payer in the country, so that establishes fair and reasonable. Reasonable. I'm paying them 25 to 50 percent more than Medicare is paying. So if it went to court, they would lose. And 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 I will point out that they have lost. They have hospitals lost. have lost time and time again when they walk into court. And I one of the ones that I remember distinctly was where the 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 plaintiffs, the attorneys that represented the the person that had the plan and was billed. The, a balanced bill that was walked in with a box of band-aids and a, and a box yep. of Q-tips mm-hmm. and, and, and said, here's, here's the price of the band-aids and the Q-tips from the hospital. It was like $60, $100, and then here's the retail price in the drugstore. Yeah, they brought in a receipt from CVS or the $100 toothbrush. There's been ads on that, too. Okay, so the, the, do you, are you starting to get the drift here, okay, as to how... There, there is a way to do this and do it the right way, and there is a way to provide. But So you, you've got this plan. We're going to come up on the break here. We don't have a lot of time. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about it in this next segment. Okay. But you're still able to provide. The important part of this is your people, you, you're on this plan, and your employees at, the, at, at your current employer mm-hmm. are able to have access to excellent health care using this plan without paying the 300% markup that typical people are playing That's off of these health insurance plans. That's correct. We come back from the break. We're going we're gonna to unwind some more of this. You're going to learn how she does this. Again, if you want to email her, it's Terry, T-E-R-R-I, Romandi, R-I-A-M-O-N-D-I, at me.com, me.com. That is her email address. If you want to email her, uh, you can do that. By the way, we're going to put this on the screen for all the podcast platforms. So if you want to go up on the podcast platform and find it, you certainly can. It'll be on a little crawl up across the bottom of the screen so you can reach out to her. If you're a broker, if you're an employer, if somebody just wants information, she's happy to do it. All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate, broadcasting here on the HI Radio Network, coast to coast, across the USA. Don't go anywhere. 
Welcome back. You're listening to America's Healthcare Advocate Show, broadcasting coast to coast across the fruited plain. My producer, the always perfect Mr. Darren Wilhite, behind the camera, Dave Thiessen. I'm your host, Carrie Hall, in the studio with me, Terry Raimondi, and we are talking about all things associated with healthcare and health insurance in this country. We're trying to pack a lot in here. This is probably like drinking from a fire hose. If you do want to connect with her, her email address is Terry, T E R R I, Raimondi, R A I M O N D I, at me.com. It'll also be across the screen on all the podcasts uh, if you want to reach out to her. So let's keep going with this plan, the heartfelt plan. So you put this in place. Yep, so You've had it running. You you won an award for this plan, for the plan design. Who'd you win the award from? Uh, Health Rosetta, which is a national organization of brokers and vendors that really want to change the healthcare space, bring yeah. in more transparency, <laughs> lower costs, um, create community health plans. All the um, things that we're talking about. Right, right. Okay. It's a very it's a very great organization. Yeah, it is. And, and I've interacted with him that we're going to have some of those folks on this broadcast. But so Terry designed this plan, put it in place, and, and she has won awards for it. Let's talk about how some of the components of the plan. Yeah, so our plan has no deductible, zero deductible, zero out of pocket. Um, we have a $10 copay for physician office visits, um, and that's only because... Um, a lot of times when you go to the doctor, if they don't recognize your card, as long as you have a copay on it, they won't give you trouble. So that's something I've I've learned in my years of uh-huh. of doing these. As long types as they of, get that copay, we're good to go. Right. Um, and the prescription benefit manager that we use is called EHIM, and they have a program called CARES, C A R E S, that they do in house. So if any of our employees need to take a high cost medication, um, say Humira, or there's a lot that, that one comes Humira to mind because, right, because it's popular. Yep. Uh, depending on their income, we can source that drug for free through a manufacturer's assistance program, um, which means it costs the plan nothing. It also costs the employee nothing. You get the drug actually shipped directly from the manufacturer to the patient. Um, so they, they do that on our behalf to see if um, we can source some of those drugs for free. Um, we've also put in um, some wording with regard to 501R, which you and I have not talked about, but um, every not-for-profit hospital in the country doesn't pay taxes. Because they don't pay taxes, um, they agree to give free care to those less fortunate. And it's not those that are covered on Medicaid. It's those people who kind of fall in the middle, you know what I mean, at maybe 1% to 200% of the poverty level. So they're not Medicaid eligible. They're not Medicare eligible. Um, but none of those, none of them do it. Um, they make it very difficult for you to obtain that free care. So in our plan, um, if someone is eligible for that care based on the hospital's manual of that free care, um, we'll only pay up to $10,000. After that, we, we will cut it off and the hospital will have to use the program that they've told the government they have in place to pay the rest of that claim. And I'm going to tell you something. I've had experience with this at a Catholic hospital system where one of my clients who was on Medicare was billed over and above what he should have been billed, and they were trying to collect it. And I, it took me multiple tries and multiple days of phone calls to get to the people that would allow him to have access to that plan and write that off. And they did. But it was a fight. And and when I ask, why is this not, why don't you make this available? People say, no, but, well, they don't. Okay, and what Terry's saying is absolutely correct. They're supposed to do it, but good luck finding out about it. Okay, because it's buried on the website somewhere. Yeah, maybe. Okay, and if you call, they're going to play dumb. It's going to be more difficult to get to. But but you guys, you've got professionals doing this. You know how to go back to them and say, hey, you're 
you're a 501R? Yes, 501R. And you're required to do this by law. Therefore, we're only going to pay you $10,000. That's correct. And it works. It works. So do you get the drift here? You've got different components. What is it? Like five different components now that you've plugged into this thing. Primary care. Prescription drugs. I didn't even get to the primary care yet. So, Let's the, talk so to that. the last thing that we just implemented, because we've saved so much money, so our costs are probably about a half to what they were about three years ago. We spent about half as much money. Um, the employees' contributions um, are half of what they were three years ago, and we haven't increased them in three years. Um, so the plan is running extremely, extremely well. So um, what we've done with that money is a couple things. We implemented short-term disability for all of our employees at no cost. Wow. We increased our uh, dental plan um, the calendar year maximum. We also changed our dental plan so that um, your annual cleanings don't count towards your dental maximum, believe it or not. Um, you know, if you need a big dental surgery or you have anything done on your mouth, when you go for your second cleaning, um, it's not covered if you hit your max. I learned that because it happened to me. Yeah. Um, so we changed our plan um, to make sure that that annual exam doesn't count towards your towards your annual max. And we've just implemented virtual direct primary care. Um, which means that now all of our employees will have a doctor, access to a doctor, primary care doctor, 24-7. Um, and we're implementing that for September. So we're very proud of that. See, so the purpose in asking Terry to come in here today was to define the problem. We know what the problem is, okay? We talked about it, okay? The, the carriers are, are locked into these plans that the government dictates they offer, okay? They're only allowed certain amount of money and, and, and the costs continue to go up and they pass that cost along. And 80% of the problem lies with the hospitals. Between the hospitals and the pharmaceutical companies, that's where the money's going, okay? And we can have another discussion about pharmaceutical and if we don't do the research, who's going to do it and where these drugs are going to come from, that's a legitimate question. But the point in doing this was to present the problem and present a solution. Is this a universal solution? No, but it's a start. It, the, and that's why I wanted Terry to come in here and talk about this. They did it with 100 lives. It could be done with 50 lives, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't have to be 100 lives. The point is, there are ways to do this in the industry. And this group, Rosetta Stone. It, Health Rosetta. Health Rosetta. See, I, I, Rosetta Stone, I, I, I think, is like if you want to learn Spanish yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah Health <laughs> Rosetta. That's what they're doing. That's what this is all about. Um, and and my, again, the purpose of doing this show today was to give you, if we try to educate people, okay? That's what we're trying to do. If you're a broker, you want to hear about this, you need to reach out to Terry Bondi, okay? You need to have this conversation. How did you do that? How can we implement that? What can we do? How would you put that together? It can be done. Okay, but you have to do the work to make it happen. If you're an employer, maybe you're the HR director. This would be something you probably ought to take a look at, especially when you think about the fact that they've increased dental benefits. They put in short-term disability. They've done all these things with that money that was going to that health insurance plan, and it's not going there anymore. Her email address, Terry, T-E-R-R-I-R-A-I-M, O-N-D-I, Terry Rondi at M-E.com. That is her email. Thank you for flying in here from Chicago today just Thank to do you this for show. for having me. Well, Thank you, great. America. I'm excited yeah, to be you, here. You did a great job. And now I leave you with this thought from Albert Einstein. The one who follows the crowd will get no further than the crowd. The one who locks alone will likely find himself in places no one has ever been. Boy, does that fit today's show. Remember, friends, it's a funny thing about life. If you refuse to accept anything but... The very best, you most often get it. 
Thank you for listening to America's Healthcare Advocate. Goodbye, America. America.